your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Lisa, please put your hands together. Are you doing well? Yes, you specifically? I'm sure I speak for everyone involved here. I like, first of all, I like that you've already elected yourself captain of the audience. You're very confident. I should have guessed it by that jacket. It's a cool, breezy jacket. You look swell. You're the kind of person that would be captain of this audience. Let's hear it for your captain audience. He is so shy. He gave you a, a wave. That was beautiful. Guys, there's a bunch of awesome comics in back, and they can hear you. Let's hear for those comics. Oh, man, we have a stellar show for you tonight. Um, I just came from... I'm very kind of frazzled because I had to stop at a store. Tomorrow I'm swimming with otters is a thing that's happening. I'm on the road a lot right now doing comedy, but I'm in town for like two days this week, and one of these days a friend of mine is having her birthday party in San Diego, and the birthday party is that you swim with otters. And I don't know where they got those otters or how they're doing, but I just know that we swim with them. And I didn't feel like, believe it or not, I wear a bikini, uh, but with two flannels on either side. Um, call it a bikini panini. But I didn't feel like that would be appropriate for otters because don't they have little hands or something? I don't know. I just felt like they're little hands. I just didn't know if you're supposed to have an otter touch your stomach. Does that feel too intimate? For a human otter situation, so I stopped at uh, Big Five Sporting Goods. They have, it uh, turns out, more than five sports there, and it's a weird, they had one changing room, and also I was going to put on Speedos, so it was like going to take a second, because as you know, I was the captain of my school swim team, so I like them tight! You know, that's the legacy of a swimmer. You wear them. you got to wear a Speedo two sizes too small, and then don't shave, and then at the very end you shave, and then you will be super fast. And then you wear, like, an external suit. Like, you wear two suits or three suits, like a drag suit. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Remember when you were on the swim team in high school? I wasn't the best swimmer, but I was captain because I had the most charisma. Which obviously remains true. If that guy wasn't your captain, I'd be your captain. In fact, I'm on stage. I can take the captainship from him. That's all it is. Like that. It's mine now. But I got a Speedo. And I cut in front of a woman. She was a mom. She had a child with her. I know. This is, I literally looked at her and I was like, I'm sorry, I have somewhere to be at eight. Can I try this on? And she was too polite and said, yes. Uh, that's the thing with women is that we're taught to be accommodating and sometimes we can use that against each other. So I got right in there. Got one of them Speedos so there won't be any otter paws on my tummy. And now here I am with you. That's not the only news in my life. The UCB theater. Bigger news than my new Speedo. I am engaged. Thank you, the audience. It almost feels like it could be even a little more. 
Oh, thank you guys so much. I am happy to be engaged. I will say, obviously, you have eyes in your face. I will be marrying a woman. <laughs> yeah, certainly I will. Sometimes it's okay to judge a book by its very gay cover. You see a book, and that book has a side mullet? That book is a lesbian. And it's fine to think that. I'm trying to tell you. It is still new, the idea of two women getting married. It's still new. The decision's going to happen this summer at the Supreme Court level. And I understand people are still trying to get... Because it's going to happen. Equal marriage is going to become the law of the land. So if, if you're just like still trying to get used to it, I just want you to know if it feels new to you and you're on the outside of it, imagine how it feels on the inside, where sometimes I am. It's still new for us, too. This is not something I ever imagined would happen to me. I never imagined I'd be able to get legally married. It took my fiancé and I two years from the day we got engaged to the day we set a date. That whole time we were just stalemating, trying to figure out which one of us is going to step up and be the wife and plan the thing. And I'm not learning nothing about cupcakes. Turns out, neither is she. So we've thrown all convention out the window. We're going to slip and slide down the aisle to the sounds of the Furious 7 soundtrack. It's going to be a great wedding! People still have a lot of questions. People will be like, two women getting married? Wait a minute. Who asks who? Who asks... Who? And the answer is, whoever can afford a ring. <laughs> also, we're women. We make 77 cents on the dollar. Sometimes that's neither of us. <laughs> and that's why I've created a pilot program wherein lesbian couples are paired with gay male couples, and then they buy us a ring. I want that extra 23 cents on the dollar! I'm calling the program guys on the prize. I think it's going to sweep the nation. The last, one of the last arguments that I think people are really holding out with against equal marriage is that one that you hear where people go, Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! More people will become gay if gay marriage is legalized. It's gonna create more gays. <laughs> and the reason I know that's not true is that straight marriage has been legal for the entirety of my life. And still, this is my outfit. <laughs> straight marriage didn't make me straight. And the reason is because sexuality is not contagious. You're thinking of zombieism. <laughs> I'm not going to bite you unless you ask me to. And in that case, you're going to love it. You're going to have a good time. The only thing you'll catch will be the fever. <laughs> but actually, I don't... If you guys know this, most gay people were raised in straight families, and most gay families end up raising straight kids. So if you really wanted, to, if you're one of those people, it's really like, I had a why stop the creation of gays. 
You should really be working to outlaw straight marriage. Because that's where we're coming from. I, hey, I personally am not in favor of this, just so you guys know, to be kind of vulnerable with you guys and honest with you. My parents are straight. Yeah. But I look at them, I see there's real love there. I'm an ally. And they've been together for more than 40 years. I don't want to break them up. I want them to slip inside me down the aisle at my wedding. So these aren't my views. I'm just saying, if you're the kind of person that's like, where are the gays coming from? The call is coming from inside the house. Straight people, you are gay people factories. If you really want to stop this, you got to look inside and stop production. (laughs) Okay, thanks, guys. You can clap at the end of that. This is like a smaller room tonight, intimate in a beautiful way, so I'm just telling you, you don't have to feel like, wait a minute, that was really good. Should I hold it in? Because the sides aren't filled? No. Let it out. Go ahead and clap. How are you doing? Yeah, what was your day like today? What'd you do? Uh huh, yes. Do you live here or were you visiting? Visiting. Visiting. I also hiked to Griffith Observatory today, but I live here. So I took the like more interesting trails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. Ooh, exactly. How was that? Did you have fun? Yeah, especially going back down. Oh, sure. Where are you from? Baltimore. I was just in Baltimore. Yeah, the Autobar. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to that or hear about it? We were there. You were there? Yeah. You, you, little, there. you little sweeties? That was so nice of you. And then you came here and you were like, again! It was so good, do it again! How are things in Baltimore right now? Actually, much better. Much better? I was there two nights after the curfew was lifted. Right. And I was really stoked because a lot of people came out to that show. I felt like... Um, I felt really good about it. I will say not a ton of... It turns out not that many uh, black people were at the show. (laughs) That's crazy what you guys... How they dealt with that curfew. That's nuts. Do Do you... Like, have you gotten past that emotionally? Does that feel crazy? I can't imagine an entire city having a curfew. I can't imagine living in a city where that was true. It was weird because, you know, we try to order food and we'd call the place and be like, oh, we're not, stores aren't open anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, you couldn't get delivery. Right. (laughs) I know. I understand. I totally get it. It's like tough because anything we say, literally anything we say, Maybe just a little, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, like, that's the same thing I would be, too. Why, why weren't there any black people in my stand-up comedy show? Oh, they were afraid of being killed? Come on! You know, like, it's... Yeah, delivery was shut down. You couldn't get delivery, you couldn't get rights. Shit was crazy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I hope that... And also, it's a very, like... 
mixed city. And uh, listen, I've only been in there a couple times, but so correct me if I'm wrong. But it seemed like a black and white and other types of people, brown included, uh, kind of occupy the same space in a lot of ways. Is that true? Well, the majority of the city's black. Right. The mayor's black, and the uh, the commissioner. But I guess I just mean like the fact that things were. Here's the thing. I'm from Chicago. And um, I love my city a lot, but all of the... It's very divided in terms of... Actually, so is L.A. We have, like, Koreatown. And that's not one of the real towns, as you guys know. (laughs) Chinatown, that's it. (laughs) Come on! No, I'm just saying that it seemed like things were pretty... um, I don't know what I was expecting, you know, just hearing those stories... So that means that there's like black people in neighborhoods where there's also white people and that the cops are still like, nah, you, that is the one. Yeah, that's that one. That's what makes it so sad and terrible. It's yeah. mostly a black city and the mayor's black and the police commissioner's black and yet like white privilege is so apparent and like people from like these poverty-stricken black neighborhoods don't have a chance. It's insane. It's a really fucked up city. Well, do, do you like it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I know you know this about L.A. We have solved racism. No problem here. No, that's... It feels like we're... What is going to happen the rest of this summer? I'm really curious... I don't mean like, but I just mean there's so much racial tension going on and then adding to that the equal marriage decision, it just feels like this whole summer is gonna be like one giant crucible to like hopefully birth a new I should not say the birth of a nation, that's literally the exact wrong thing to say I realized as I was saying it they get it. They're from a place with black people. You guys should not go watch that movie, but it is uh, pretty racist, it turns out. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I hope, it, I hope it's better. I hope that we're moving towards better. I know you guys don't, because I noticed you weren't clapping. That's uncomfortable. There's a lot of white people in this room, and I just said, I hope things get better, and then you guys just kind of silently sit there. So you obviously understand what that means. I don't. I hope it stays the same. Oh, audience. I can't believe you would implicitly say that. This is safe space, and I'm shocked by you, the audience. Okay, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, It'll be as intimate as this, perhaps more intimate. I'll continue to talk to you as if you are in the room. And then wonderful <laughs> comics will come out here and do wonderful jokes for you. Are you guys ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes! Hey, so this uh, first gentleman, it is his first time on the show, I believe. Um, and so when it's somebody's first time, we go crazy for them and sort of welcome them in an extra huge way. Are you guys ready to do that? Yeah. Well, please keep it going for Ramin Nazar, guys. Give it up! Come on!
Bonsoir, mes amis. Je m'appelle Ramon François. Je suis un stand-up Cambodian qui a acheté un Rosetta Stone. Et maintenant, je peux parler français perfectement. Je vais entertainer vous avec des various topics de conversation comme la philosophie, la pornographie et la masturbation. J'aime le Bang Bros et le Big Mouthfuls et le Reddit.com slash R slash Gone Wild et NSFW411. Et j'aime aussi les choses qui n'est pas la pornographie comme le Cupcake Wars avec le juge Florian Boulanger qui dit euh, « I like this cupcake. Euh, »« I did not like this cupcake. » Et le host magicien qui dit « Welcome to Cupcake Wars ». Et je vais être comme les héros du stand-up comedy de New York et Hollywood de oh, « You know, Louis C.K., Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, oh, Maria Bamford, Maria Bamford. Oh, Kyle Kinney, oh, Kyle Kinney. Et je ne sais pas comment terminer l'introduction, donc je vais transition back to English, bitch. Thank you for coming. I hope you had a good day. I hope you're having a good time right now. I hope you have a good time after this additional statement to ensure an atmosphere of likability. If you're listening on the podcast at work, I hope work isn't, you know, just one of those days at work. Just, just quit your job. It's okay. Just do it. Quit your job. It's okay. Money will figure itself out. Borrow it from others. Can we just not work anymore? Can it just be, like, no more work and I know it doesn't work out economically it's like well you, when you look at how economic just if we just put that away for just a bit and just you know just feel you just feel it out just you know it works no more work yeah we agree good <laughs> this set is brought to you by supercuts supercuts it'll grow back I live with my girlfriend now, so it's been like 19 months since I've watched porn with audio. <laughs> I'm deaf in all my fantasies. <laughs> I've never been caught beating off before, but I have been caught doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know what's worse than getting caught beating off is getting caught fixing your hair. Why do we do that? Especially dudes, you know, getting the job? Not getting the job. <laughs> getting the date? Getting the date you don't want. <laughs> getting all the dates. <laughs> As Prince. <laughs> Remember in the 90s when Prince changed his name? He should have just changed it to Snapping. Like, what was the name of that one guy that did all the sex songs? Yeah, I love that guy. I don't understand role play. It's like, hey, let's have sex where everything is exactly the same, except your personality. <laughs> this set is also brought to you by... Drugs! You don't need drugs to have a good time, but you do need absence of drugs to have a bad time. If you don't like drugs, then you also don't like... Color! Your favorite colors may include gray or brown or off something. This is my favorite color right here. Ramon, how do you reply to the allegations of using too many props in your set? I don't have to listen to you. You're just a figment of my imagination. No, don't address that. Then I'll cease to be. No, no. 
Research has shown that pointing rainbow colors at your brain for three to five hours a day may increase your intelligence by up to 8,000 smartrons. That's a lot of smartrons. <laughs> the brain is remarkable. Did you know that there's enough neural matter on Earth to fill up an entire Empire State Building? The brain is fascinating. Did you know that there are more neural pathways in your brain than there are in my brain? <laughs> Drugs are illegal. Suicide is illegal. Pick one, government. You can't have both. I'm not suicidal. I'm just looking forward to death. When I die, I either go to hell or heaven or purgatory, or I reincarnate, or I become a ghost, or it was all a computer simulation like Matrix, or it repeats over and over again like Groundhog Day, or it's dreams within dreams like Inception, or I become nothing. And that's the most exciting one of them all, because then every atom in my being gets laid off, essentially. <laughs> and then they get to go pursue what they're passionate about. Maybe one day they'll run into each other and be like, Hey, remember when we worked at the guy? <laughs> yeah, I had pretty good coffee there sometimes. <laughs> hey, we should be coffee sometimes. <laughs> I don't want to say I've done a lot of drugs, but I have pissed every color. <laughs> the best part of waking up is drinking your own piss. Mm -hmm -hmm. The best part of waking up is, you know, getting to look at my daughter's face every morning. You're just getting to look at her face. You know what I hate about piss? Everything. Just kidding. Piss is great. Do you know what I love about piss? Piss is punctual. Shit's not punctual. Shit's like the cable company. Oh, I'll be there tomorrow at like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for like 45 minutes to an hour. Piss is just fast food. What do you want? Piss? Here you go. Yeah, we'll probably take that one out. No, leave it in. Leave it in. Whenever you're in a conversation with someone and you want it to end quicker, just say, Oh, weird, that reminds me about a character in this novel I'm writing. Or just begin a sentence with, well, as an artist, you want someone to dis disagree with you? Say, well, wouldn't you agree, as artists? <laughs> was pulled over recently for texting and driving, but I wasn't texting and driving. But I'd rather the officer think that than know the truth, which I was actually looking up the lyrics to Mambo Number no. 5. <laughs> That's my set, everyone. Hope you had a good time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Killer lineup. Bring back Cameron. Thanks for having me. Guys, keep going for Remain. One more time. Yes. Hey, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic has been here before, so no pressure on that extra applause because he's new. But I like him a lot. And he has a newish baby, so extra newish baby applause, right? <laughs> Guys, let's hear it up for Cornell Reed. Give it up for Cornell. What's up, players? How you feeling? 
Uh, yeah, that's right. I got a baby, and I still say player. Uh, it's chill. <laughs> Only 30 years old with a baby. That's crazy in L.A. Feel real young, man. People are like, what? Are you sure? You have a baby at 30? Come on, man. You're not even gray yet. What are you doing? It's cool, though, man. She's cool. She's tight. She's 11 months. Uh, not smoking too much weed yet, but it's cool. Drinking monsters, so we got her there, you know. <laughs> Up to three a day. Low carb. Babies can't handle carbs yet. Uh, <clears throat> she's 11 months old. Her name's Toby, uh, which I didn't get to pick her name, really. Uh, my girl, when she was pregnant, she's like, we're naming it Toby. Like, that was it. <laughs> I had no real choice in the matter. But uh, it's cool. I like the name Toby. And she's like... Since I'm picking the first name, I'll let you pick the middle name. So I was like, all right, I gotta make sure I pick the tightest name possible. This is my one chance for the input of my baby's name. I gotta make it something good. So I thought long and hard, and that's how we came up with my baby's name, Toby Reservoir Dogs Reed. And uh, I picked my middle names like I picked my posters in college, baby. Couldn't think of what the best character. I decided to go with the whole movie. <laughs> Parents were a little pissed. You know, they were hoping for bad boys, too. But, uh... <laughs> with the Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yeah, and it's cool. Um, kind of worried, though. Raising a kid in this drought. This shit is scary. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I think I'm going to take my daughter to go see Mad Max just to let her know what high school is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> dire straits, man. I'm scared, man. I mean, we just finished drinking the last of our waterbed, too. So, like, it's scary. It's a scary situation, man. It sucks because I'm, I'm a native Californian. And being in California, the weather is what we use to brag about California the whole time. We're like, oh, yeah, it never rains here, man. I'm wearing shorts in January, baby. And now the weather is killing us. <laughs> it's scary, man. That's like New York getting killed by pizza, you know? <laughs> oh, it was this giant slice. Too much cheese. Something about the water they use in that dough, man. It became a mutant slice of pizza and ate us all. <laughs> it was terrifying. But whatever, you know, I'm just trying to... Uh, push off the haters, God, and whoever's in control of the weather. Uh, chugging monsters, fucking monster mashing baby. <laughs> yeah, I got monsters under my bed, a 24-pack. What's up? Where are my monster heads at? <laughs> Gotta get jacked up! <laughs> uh, no, um... Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself besides, uh, loving the monster. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh, I love the movie Predator. Big fan of that film. feel like that's important to know about me. <laughs> uh, I love the movie Predator because it answers the age-old question, what if an alien had dreads? And uh, got to be honest, aliens with dreads, way more aggro than I thought they'd be. They're pissed off. There's not one hacky sack in that movie? Are you kidding me? Where's the Birkenstocks, Predator? He's pissed. Pissed off, man. Just trying to kill everyone. I kind of feel bad for him, though, because 
He came to Earth and he's like, I'm going to take this over. I'm going to kill everybody. The first dude he runs into is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the buffest dude we have on our planet. That's a bad draw. That sucks. Like, if he came to Earth and the first dude he saw was Topher Grace, he'd be like, I got this shit. This is, this is good. Oh, Jim Parsons from the Big Bang Theory? I'm going to be fine. They've seen Big Bang Theory in space. That's why he knows who Jim Parsons is by name. Uh, oh, I also love Alfredo sauce. Big fan of Alfredo sauce. Uh, but I gotta be honest, kinda pissed Alfredo only made one sauce. What are you doing, Alfredo? Get back in the lab, dog! You killed it the first time, dude! You're just gonna make us one sauce and then drop the spatula like that? Come on! Alfie just got scared or something, man. I don't know what happened to him. He made one dynamite sauce, and that's it? It's fucked up! You know he's got he's got Alfredo three four five. I heard Alfredo six is so good you come your pants as you eat it. That's how good Alfredo six is. It's mostly Molly, but still it's like a really, really good empath. It's the sauce. That's my impression for the evening. Uh, Italian man on Molly. <laughs> Uh, my eyes are they are rolling back in my head. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So speaking of monsters, uh, Monster Energy drinks the shit. Um, nothing to do with real monsters. Uh, and I, it's good because I don't like monsters. They stole mashing from us humans. That kind of pisses me off, man. They, they write one song about mashing and then we don't mash ever again? It's bullshit. Why are we letting these monsters use their scare tactics to steal our fucking dance moves, man? I'm not scared of you, Frankenstein. I'm not scared of you, Dracula. I'm going to mash my ass off in 2015. I don't care. You all should, too. Next time you're at a dance floor, just start mashing. And if you're sitting there, you're like, oh, I don't think I can mash. I'm a little too stiff or too old. Uh, Frankenstein mashed, okay? He's the oldest, stiffest dude on this planet. And he exists on this planet. Trust me. Uh, yeah, but seriously, I'm drinking so much Monster, I'm starting to look like Frankenstein. I'm turning green, you know what I mean? I got electricity shooting around my head. So stay monstered up, stay chill, and have a wonderful night. Thank you, guys. How are you guys doing? making me very happy because Cornell was speaking so quickly and effectively that you guys mostly just took it as if it was a speech. <laughs> like it was very funny but your response was very ooh, more listening would be great here. <sighs> Who has seen Mad Max Fury Road? Good. That's a lot of you. The rest of you should see it. You are wasting your time doing anything else. <laughs> Even if you're visiting L.A., there's nothing in L.A. to see that's more important than that movie. It was made by people. Some, some people are Australian and some people are South African in it. 
I don't know where Tom Hardy's from. My point is, that's still our thing. We made that as a culture. Hollywood. Uh, so who saw it? You saw it. What was your favorite part? Hat man. Uh, hat man, the guitar. You have a yeah, you have a hat. I was just and then you're you know, so I was just basing it on that. It's not your name? That shocks me. What if I had guessed hat man and that was your name? What would have happened on the day you were born that would have caused your mother? You know what? Hat man. Let's go with hat man. Bat Batman? No. That'd be a stupid name for a child. This is Hatman. He, you know, his parents were killed and then he turned into hats. He was raised in a cavern with hats, and so it's from that, you know. He wears a hat on his head. Is that's not weird. Well, shit. But he wears it down over his eyes with cutouts. So that's why he's sad, man. Okay. So anyway, Hatman, what was your favorite part? Oh, you like the the guitar player? Yeah, no matter what was going on, he was just rocking out. Yeah, he did bring the heat because because he made flames come out of the guitar. Yeah. What'd you say? He had a lot of monster that day. Yeah, he did. You called back to Cornell, pow. You you are hired to be in the audience of the show you're currently at. The pay is you pay us. It's a day rate of $5 given to us by you. Yeah, that dude is pretty fresh. Do you see it also? That lady? Shirt lady? You know you. Yes. What is your favorite part? You don't have to spoil it. You could just be like, I liked this actor's performance or I liked visually this thing. Oh, it feels like maybe you are going to spoil it. Whoopsie-daisy. I liked at the end how when they all won! Uh, okay. Pop quiz. That pregnant girl, she's in like a group of women that only wore toilet paper tank tops. You remember them. Can you name... The fascinating celebrity lineage of at least two of those women in that group. No. Thank you, that person. <laughs> oh, another shirt girl. Do you have it, sir? Do you know it? But not just Lenny Kravitz's daughter, who's her mom. Lisa Bonet, which I would say is more important to me, actually. I mean, just generally in terms of who I, where I come down on the Kravitz Bonet sitch. I'm, uh, I'm firmly, uh, you know, she goes to college. It, anyway, it doesn't matter. My point is, um, I like her. Okay, great. And then can you do the, can you, which, who's the other one? There's another. Yeah, who is Riley Keough? I think just straight up granddaughter, but you got pretty fucking close. That guy, your captain, still delivering the goods. Yeah, did you know that that the redheaded one? That's Elvis's granddaughter. Are you shocked, shirt gal? I am shocked. 
Yeah, well, look at her face again, because you'll be like, oh, no, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> she looks exactly like her grandpappy. I just think that's cool. Oh my God, thank you so much for asking. (sighs) Well, I will just say that I like that there were multiple different groups of women because there was like a ton of, first of all, fractionally, it's still like 8% of the people in the movie are women. But because that is a high number in an action movie, we're like, look at all these women. And it's still like, there's, it's mostly men. It's 92. 2% 2% men, but we're like, I can't believe that they have almost way less than realistic numbers about which, about women. But I like to, there were different groups of women, that there wasn't just like one woman. And I also, you know, I'll tell you my favorite part, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it. I like uh, the sniper shot that Charlize takes. Mm, that's a really good part. If you guys didn't see it, that's the part to look for. I saw it at this theater in Denver. I was in Denver doing shows, and I saw that movie at this theater, and it was, like, the most posh, but, like, weirdly posh, like, like, to, like to a Wall-E level, where I, like, wondered if we were okay. Everybody had individual electronic leather recliners, like, the size of a Lazy Boy, like, so big that there were just, like, 18 seats in the whole theater, basically. And then they all had desks, like, little, like, partitions attached to them, I guess, because you're like, ah, I'm, la- I'm laying down watching a movie in public, but I, I don't want to hold my popcorn because it would be too hard on my arms. Popcorn weighs at least one ounce. So there was, like, a little desk, but it looked like a, like a college desk it was like weirdly wood grain and just it looked like Al Bundy was going to take finals in there at any moment and also there were like 18 seats and then all all dudes dudes had fucking gotten there early groups of dude friends I wasn't thank you for asking I wasn't high because it was midday I had to work that night I understand what you're saying Colorado pot's legal but I don't get high before I work so that's a very specific answer to your question that you didn't even think I heard Um, but all these dudes were in that space and they had like come in groups of dude friends and so they were leaving gaps like even in a situation where everybody gets their own individual reclining bed People were still just like, I can't sit next to my friend. People will think things. Don't even mention they have hot dogs at the concession stand. I don't want nobody think nothing about us. And that is so stupid. I hate that stupid. I made guys move over because there were no seats left for uh, my date and I to sit next to each other. And so I asked some dudes to move over real politely and they did, but begrudgingly because obviously if you sit next to a dude and he's in a recliner and you're in a recliner and you're watching a movie together, then obviously you are under suspicion of homosexuality, which is strange because you know what is really gay? is when two men have uh, sex with each other. (laughs) And pretty much just that, like in terms of gay men. Also kissing, you know, like, which is kind of encompassed in blow, blow, two dudes. 
you know? That's, those things are gay. I will, you know, if it's, you know, those, they're... <sighs> you guys gotta relax. See the movie next to your dude friend. How are you gonna sneak a whisper? <laughs> if your dude's so far away. Did you see that? By the way, that is exactly how I see movies. It's frustrating to other people, but I cannot stop verbalizing. <laughs> Did you see that? The thing that just happened? No. I will describe it to you. <laughs> you guys ready for more show? Yeah! Well, good news, there is more. Hey, this next dude, uh, you might have seen him on... Saturday Night Live. He just has a new album that came out very recently that's doing really well. Let's hear it right now for Brooks Whelan, guys. Give it up for Brooks. Okay. All right. Hey, Cameron, is this still a podcast? Yes, Oh, all right. Well, I'll step my game up. Um, (laughs) I was going to half-ass this, but this could lead to a a WTF booking. Um... (laughs) I'm hitting all the fucking podcasts. Uh, I'm going to do an hour on This American Life. Um, I don't know a lot of podcasts. That bit didn't go far. Um, I don't know why I launched into a podcast bit to start. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, guys. Um, I'm glad I like this. Sh- this sh- I'm going to start with a visual bit uh, for the podcast listeners. Um, I'm glad I wore this shirt. Like, I'm confident in this shirt. Like... If, if I come on stage with a shirt I'm not confident in, it, it fucks me up so badly. Because, like, any nervous laughter or not laughter, I'm like, it's the shirt. I know it's the fucking shirt. Like, it's definitely not, definitely not my personality or the material. It's definitely the shirt. Well, that was loud. Um, this is the best I've ever started, which is crazy. I know. Um, it's crazy. I couldn't be happier with how this is going. Um, which I know you guys are like, it doesn't seem great. This is so good for me. This is the best I've ever done. Which you guys might find like, oh, Brooks, you know, that's bad. But you start somewhere, you know what I mean? Um, and this is really, I'm very excited with how this is going. Uh, I should just, I should stop now and then have, I would be, this would be the best set I've ever had. Um, uh, we'll plow forward. We'll do a couple jokes. Um, but just remember how good that opening was if you don't like these jokes. That's what I'm saying. Remember how good the opening was if, if you don't like these jokes. Um, what if I never liked Bruce Jenner? You know what I mean? Is that all right still? Is that still okay? Like, like it's not, I, I mean, they just think he's a shitty dude. Like, our girl, whatever. I, like, I, it's exciting. Like, it's good that, you know, he brought light to transgender people and they should be accepted and everyone should love everyone. But uh, he was part of keeping up with the Kardashians, so go fuck him is how I feel. Like, go fuck yourself, man. Like, it's just weird. I was like, how amazing is Bruce Jenner? Not very amazing. (laughs) There's probably way better transgendered people out there who should be doing this. I don't know. That joke could go a lot of ways. You know, like, what... What if you grew up in the town like Harriet Tubman grew up in and she was like a huge bitch? You know what I mean? And you, only you knew that? <laughs> like, like she was the type of lady who like, she would get mad if kids were on her lawn, you know? And they're like, oh, fucking relax, Harriet. They're just little kids, you know? Like shit like that. And then for the rest of your life, you're hanging out and people are like, how amazing is Harriet Tubman? And you're just like, ah. <laughs> Wow. 
I don't want to say anything because you're going to think I'm an asshole. Uh, could go like the opposite too. Like the only time you met Hitler, he was pretty chill. You know what I mean? Like, the only time that you ever interacted with him, he like cut you off at a party. You're like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he bought you a beer, you know? And then forever people are like, dude, you fucking dude, fuck Hitler. And you're like, come on, don't say that to me. Like, you know we're tight. Like, I don't agree, but dude, I don't talk shit on friends, okay? That'd be weird if Hitler was like your. High, I'm just figuring this joke out still. Uh, it would be weird if like Hitler, you, he went to high school with you because you would brag about. It. He's a very powerful person, you know. Like World War II, like I went to fucking high school with that dude. Like that'd be really. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! I knew that guy. Like you're excited about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very conflicted. I want Barack Obama to leave office, um, not because I dislike him. I just want him to be liked by America again. Like, that's all I want. Like, because people hate the president, but ex-presidents are just old celebrities. That's all they are. You're no longer really mad at him. Like, remember how pissed everyone was at George Bush? And now it's been eight years, and we're like, look at what he's painting. <laughs> he's doodling his dad. All right. <laughs> Same thing with, like, also, I don't care if you're the most Republican person ever, like, in the world. If you saw fucking Bill Clinton in a Chipotle, <laughs> you'd be like, my friends are not going to believe this. This is, this is a big deal. Like, Bill, can I get your burrito? It would be my honor, you know. I Also, I want Hillary Clinton to win just so Bill's back with nothing to do this time. Like, that's the fucking best. Like, that's... That's like an E show I would watch, you know? Like, <laughs> Billy's back, you know? Like, <laughs> Y'all thought I was gone, you know? Because <laughs> even when he was president, he had to fool, he had to be president, and he was still like, <laughs> you know? Like, no responsibility, Bill Clinton? Yes, please. I remember I was like maybe 10 when he was being, when he was impeached or whatever. Um, I think that's, I still don't really know. Uh, I remember I was 10. It's crazy that when you're 10, you just have whatever your weird parents, uh, whatever their thoughts are. That's your thought as a 10 year old. Like I just remember being 10 and he like didn't get voted out of office and that made me have a bad day at school. Like I was so upset. I was this little Republican of like, what the fuck's the point of school? You know, and they're like, <laughs> Brooks, what's wrong? I'm like, fucking Bill Clinton got a peach. He didn't fucking leave. Like, fucking, like, it's just weird. <laughs> Little Republican kids. It's funny to me. I've, this is, I was thinking about the Oregon Trail. That game was just where we gave a child way too much responsibility. That's how that game was. Like, you just give a seven-year-old more responsibility than he's ever had, than anybody should ever have in their life. Like, he's seven, they're like, all right, time to move your family across America. <laughs> like, even our grandparents would be like, I'm not ready for this. Like, but you're like seven, you're like, should we leave in January or February? Like, I'm confident we'll find some game we're going to do January. And then on the middle of it, they're like, uh-oh, baby Emily's got cholera. What do you do? And you're like, we're going to keep moving. I never really got to know her as a person, so <laughs> just a baby. If it was one of the older ones, sure, we, we stop. But we're not going to risk other people's lives for a baby. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look at other new jokes I have. Um, I saw a pilot in the airport the other day with a hastily packed suitcase, like hurrying, and shit was like kind of spilling out of it. And I was like, you don't get to fucking do that, man. (laughs) You're the only person I want to believe is very much in control of your life. Like, (laughs) I don't want to ever see a person be like, oh, shit, I got to fly a plane and fucking bounce. Like, (laughs) no. Also, whenever they're giving you the, the like, fucking, um, they're t- giving you the safety instructions, fucking start taking notes and nudge the people next to you going, fucking, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> you guys, what if shit goes down? I've never said that into a microphone before. Um, what, I, fuck. Um, have you ever tried your hardest to spell a word in Microsoft Word? Like, you're like, you're like I don't know how to fucking spell rhinoceros, and uh, I'm not going to look it up. And you type it in. Uh, and then you look at it, you, like, you used all of your brain. And you like, look at it, and you're like, that looks perfect. And then you press spacebar, and it goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, oh, shit, all right, what, how do you spell rhinoceros? And then it goes, we don't even know what fucking word you're trying to do. <laughs> That's how I feel like my comedy is sometimes. Uh, I'm like, this joke's perfect, and no one laughs. I'm like, but it's because of this. And we're like, still no laughs, man. <laughs> That don't make sense. I want to see a woman in labor get into the cash cab. You know what I mean? This is spice up the whole episode for me. Like, raise the stakes, cash cab. You've been around, you know? Just to see a woman be like, we got to go to the fucking hospital. And as somebody turns around, it's like, all right, want to make a little bit of money on the way? Sure. I had I had this job. I was a biomedical engineer for for four years, and then and then they ended it. Um, wasn't a mutual <laughs> breakup. Uh, have you ever been fired and you just start like okay and you leave? <laughs> There's no like but I was just like sure yeah. Uh, the only thing I liked to do at that job was lie to my coworker James about Snapple facts. Like that was it. <laughs> That's all. I, that was just. I would open up a Snapple and fucking make up a lie and tell it to James every day. And he'd just take it like a bitch. Like, he was fully... He never was like, let me see the Snapple cap. He was just like, oh, what? You know, like, just make it vague. Just open one up and be like, did you know Abraham Lincoln's middle name was Billy Ray? And then James would be like, no, I didn't. Type, 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 fucking back to work. It was like a weird pranked where I never got to see it pay off, you know? <laughs> but I hope it did. Some, somewhere down the line, like, somebody was talking about the Civil War and James was like, I got something for this conversation. <laughs> Abraham Billy Ray Lincoln. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Um, I couldn't, this is, a, this is just showing how much TV I've been watching. I couldn't do Naked and Afraid if the location was inside my own apartment. <laughs> That was the worst joke I've said. Um, at least people have seen that. Uh, okay, uh, the, the the show the the show the view. Um, that's just where four of our mom's friends took Molly. Right? That's all that is. It's just people too excited about things they shouldn't be excited about. Like, what, what, now what are you wearing today? Like, who gives a fuck? Shut up. Um, that sounded aggressive. I didn't mean that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not an aggressive person. Podcast listeners. Um, coming across real aggressive. Uh, 
I'll, I'll uh, whisper this next joke so you know it's, I'm not aggressive. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing to do in the snow is, is pee women's names into it. <laughs> just, just so when other people walk by later they think, how did she do that? <laughs> um, thank you. That was really fun. Thanks, Cameron, and thanks, uh, UCB. Naked and Afraid is a... Have you seen that? Clap if you have seen that. Oh, wow, not that many of you guys. Yeah, it's a good joke, Brooks. I wanted to test that because I was laughing my ass off backstage, uh, which is also a plot point from Naked and Afraid. They lose their asses because they lose a lot of weight because they're outside. And they're, Do you know the premise of the show? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a show on television now where uh, two strangers are dropped off in a dangerous place and then they don't get to have clothes and then they do have to stay there for 21 days. Not have to. It's elective. Um, And then they they just survive. Like, it's not, you know, um, it's the opposite of Survivor, where, like, they mostly do tasks involving wheelbarrows and, like, how you're going to wear your little weird thing. Um, This is just, like, they just people have to exist, and they don't do anything. Like, they find, like, one grub, and then they eat that grub, and then they go back to bed. And that is the whole show. And they generally try to sleep for, like, most of the time because they're exhausted because they're slowly starving. And this is a show that you watch, and also nobody wins, really. There's no prize. They get, like, an endurance rating, which always goes up and is based on a formula you don't understand. Uh, It's... We've, like, we've done it, is my point. We've gotten to the point where reality shows like have no reward and also like nothing really happens and it's mostly just like what are people like and that's the show and they're actually nude they're nude and they don't know each other and that's okay like there's nothing shameful about the human body but also there are camera people there that are filming it that I'm assuming are not nude. So these people are like freezing and then it even says like the camera crew has been instructed to not get involved unless something crazy happens. So the camera crew is just wearing clothes and like has, I mean there also has to be like a large production trailer area somewhere on the island or wherever they are that the naked people can't find. (laughs) It's sort of like the television show Lost, but compressed into an hour, and the whole arc happens. (laughs) The strange thing about it is that... (laughs) I've watched it on the road, because sometimes that's all you want to watch. 
if you're alone in a hotel and you've just done a show and you just don't even know if people are real anymore because you're up and down like you just performed so your body is pumping a bunch of adrenaline but then like you met a bunch of people after the show and that was kind of strange because some of them grabbed your bottom and you didn't ask them to um, and they didn't ask if that was okay and so then you went back to your hotel room by yourself and then you're just like what would be weirder than my experience right now oh to be nude in the jungle with a man but I watched an episode not too long ago where a dude just got sunburned like the first day and like all the way on everything and all the way he got like 100% sunburned on everything and then most of the show was just he just lays there sunburned And he was like an, a Marine with no training, but he was just in very good shape. And he was like, I'm going to be fine. And then the woman he was paired with was like a, a Mowgli type character that, had, that was just like, I've lived everywhere. And then after she said that she climbed a tree, a uh, palm tree, and those don't have branches. So how the fuck do you even do that? And they were on this island that was abandoned, like deserted, but that got like enough debris from the ocean that she was finding stuff for them to have. Like, she found tiny underwear for the man that didn't really fit him. And then it was, like, only a blocked-out area of, like, where I assume both of his things didn't fit. And she took care of him for, like, 20 of the days. Because as soon as he was done being sunburned, he dug a hole and then found water at the bottom of that hole and then drank it and then had diarrhea all over the place. (laughs) And she, like, only ate coconuts and was fine. And then at the end of the show, he, like, on the last day, they were really hungry and he, like, went in the ocean and got this big clam. And so then they were equal again is what the show told me. But I saw with my eyes that that gentleman does not have a good survival rating. Because he also pooped next to their bed. She stepped in it. What if you were naked in front of a camera crew and it was 20 days in and you've been feeding some motherfucker that you don't know who's all the way sunburned and drank water that you were like, I don't think you should drink that water and you've been climbing up trees to get coconuts and she had woven herself a hat out of palm leaves? Like a very functional hat. Like, a, like, a, like it had a wide brim. Like a hiking hat. And you, she was the queen of everything. And then this dude... And then you step in human shit in that scenario. With bare feet, as you know. Because it's not like they're naked, but with shoes on. And then whenever they leave, like, they always do, you know, the ending of reality shows where they're just like it was like a great experience I really learned a lot and I tested myself and you're just like against what like it was a if anything it was just like can I lose a lot of weight if I don't eat like that was the thing they were testing it turns out yeah if you don't eat anything you drop a bunch of pounds um so they found that out 
Okay, I'll do one more second on naked and afraid. <laughs> Since you demanded it. It's not actually about naked and afraid. It's about another reality show that I watched over the weekend that was called like, like, Donut! Hell! Or something, you know, like, now all cooking shows are like to the nth degree. Where it was like, Donuts or die! And then like, the, they're like, We will murder you! <laughs> you do not develop amazing donuts but the host on this show was breaking my heart because I just kept thinking about how like that's his job he was doing a great job he was adding a lot of steaks um, where there weren't any really because there's just two people making donuts and then one of them makes better donuts that was the show but he kept having to say lines like the, my favorite thing about reality shows is that now there's such a formula that we always do the same thing. So there's always like that recap moment right before they decide like who has won, where he turned to the audience or he turns to the two the two contestants and he's like, "Jason, your donuts were fluffy, <laughs> but they were not bejeweled." <laughs> Meredith. Your donuts, totally bejeweled. But they were baked, and we don't know if that actually is a donut. (laughs) I just kept thinking about him getting ready for the audition that landed him that job. Like the first one, where he had to go in, and they just like, maybe he didn't even know what the copy was going to be until he got there. And they were like, but we want you to put all... Have you seen the television show Naked and Afraid? We want you to talk about these donuts like you have just stepped in human shit and have been in the wild for 20 days with no food. Can I have coconuts? Sure. Okay. Just a, just a, just a Miranding story. That's a story that's like Miranda from... Sex in the city. <laughs> in that it's sexually ambiguous and comes out at the end. What? Can't believe I guess I didn't get into that punchline. She's one of she's one of ours. That woman knows. Shirt knows. Well, guys, we got two comics left. I mean, I don't know. I can't tell if you just want to leave or if you want to stay. You are, at most, slightly docile. (laughs) That's your highest rating. Your survival rating in this show is apparently I am too calm and putting you to sleep. I'm going to take it on myself. I'm a great host tonight. I was pretty exhausted after getting that Speedo to wear for the otters. So, like, I came in here with weird otter energy, and I own that. But there's two great comics, and you can make your own dreams come true by being into them. Yes, the audience? This next comic, in from New York, he is a part of John Oliver's show on HBO, and that's wonderful because he's making really great television. Let's hear it right now for Josh Gondelman. Let's hear it for Josh! Thank you. Oh, thanks. Hello, it's such a pleasure to be here amongst you. Great. Well, I'm I'm glad you you had me. Sometimes uh, having a guest is exhausting uh, and terrible. I just a friend just visited me from out of town, 
And he called me and was like, hey, man, come, come to New York. And I said, great. Let's have a cup of coffee and catch up. It's been forever. And he said, no, nah, I don't drink coffee. That's just hot bean water. <laughs> don't do that to me. That's no, don't, no. Because I drink coffee every day of my life, and uh, you've ruined it. Because <laughs> now every morning, I, I have to think to myself, the best part of waking up are these liquid beans I'm pouring into my face. <laughs> it's disgusting. You've ruined it for me forever, every day. Don't. Uh, besides, everything sounds worse when you describe it as its component parts. Nothing sounds more appealing when you just describe it as the sum of what it is. Like, what if I go, hey, well, you don't drink coffee? How about we go out and get a, uh, get a beer? No, thanks, man. I don't drink beer. That's just bread juice, not for me. <laughs> okay, well, uh, my girlfriend and I just moved in together. Do you want to see our new apartment? Nope, an apartment's just a bunch of concrete and wood where your relationship falls apart, and I'm not into that. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> okay, well, we have a turtle. Nope, turtle's just an iguana in a bike helmet. Not fooling me, dog. <laughs> That's not what that is. <laughs> just what it looks like. Uh, I went to see my parents... And they just retired. I went to hang out with them for a couple days. And when I arrived, my dad was wearing suspenders and sweatpants. <laughs> which is too retired. <laughs> I didn't make fun of him to his face because I'm a good son. I did text my sister immediately because I'm a great brother. <laughs> I felt bad, though. I felt bad as soon as I sent that text. And not just because it said, hey, Jen, dad started dressing like a gym teacher at a funeral. Um, <laughs> I just felt bad because when you're retired, suspenders and sweatpants, that's the ideal outfit. That's what you should wear every day because that tells the world everything they need to know about you because the suspenders say to everyone you meet, I'd like to speak to your manager. And the sweatpants say, and I have all day. So... My girlfriend uh, came with me. She's Jewish, so we match, which is not important. It's just true. <laughs> you don't have to match. I don't, that's not necessary. I, I think interracial relationships are beautiful. In fact, I feel exactly the same about interracial relationships as I feel about bright red pants, which is when I see other people in them, I'm like, that looks amazing. <laughs> and then when I try to get in them, black women laugh at me. So. My girlfriend's a big reader. I've been going through her favorite authors to understand how she sees the world. I recently came across a famous feminist quotation by author Margaret Atwood, which is probably how many of your favorite jokes start. <laughs> and Margaret Atwood once said, men are afraid women will laugh at them. Women are afraid men will kill them. And that's heavy. And I don't know how to feel about that as a man who is also afraid that men will kill him. <laughs> Worst case scenario, while a woman laughs, if I'm being 100% honest. When I get up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water, I get fully dressed. And I don't mean like t-shirt boxers, I mean cardigan sneakers. And it's not because I'm modest or I'm my lady friend, not because I'm nervous the neighbors will see me nude through the window. It's because my greatest fear in the world is that there's a burglar in our apartment ready to take all our stuff. But before he does, he sees me naked and just goes... Weird dick, loser. Bang, and that's it for me. I'm done. And then my girlfriend wakes up giggling like, he did have kind of a weird dick. And then they get married to each other. And that's why I'm a feminist. That's my journey. I think kind of a bullshit thing about our society is that we tell little girls how exciting it's going to be to have a wedding and how fulfilling it is to be married. And then we don't give adult women 
any way to propose to adult men with dignity. There's no script. The best she can do is get pregnant and hope he's also religious. <laughs> Some of you pulled back like, yeah, asshole, that's how my mom proposed to my dad. And <laughs> I respect your tradition as well. We're not ready, though. We're not there. Straight couples can't do it yet. We're not there. Uh, like, women aren't ready. I'll say that. I, I, I wish it were not so, but you're not. No woman wants to go out and spend three months' salary, a quarter of a year, on a piece of jewelry that's going to make her boyfriend look like a Miami drug lord. <laughs> and men aren't ready. I'm not. I'll take it on myself. If I got home tonight and my girlfriend proposed, I wouldn't even take it serious. If I came home, she was like, Josh, will you marry me? I'd be like, yeah, I guess eventually. Why are you bringing that up now? <laughs> and why are you down on one knee like that? Is this a yoga thing? Did you lose a contact? Because when a woman takes to her knees, a guy has a very specific set of associations, right? And it's not, oh, good, we'll be married soon. It's, I don't know what I did to deserve oral sex here on this romantic hot air balloon ride over the city. <laughs> but you're very wonderful, and someday we'll be married. Guys get to step up their wedding game, though. That's real. That's what, what I'll say. Uh, I, every, every wedding I've ever been to, all the bridesmaids come out and they give sweet, wonderful speeches. They're all very similar, but they're all very lovely. Every bridesmaid is just like, Lisa, first of all, you are a goddess. <laughs> that white dress, I can't even right now. You are like a living, breathing Beyonce. Hashtag flawless, hashtag woke up like this. And it is so beautiful to be here with you while your childhood dreams come to life just the way the Ouija board said they would when we were nine years old. <laughs> Congratulations, I love you so much. And then they kiss with tongue. Women just do that. It's like totally fine. It's just friends being friends. <laughs> Every single groomsman I've ever seen has given a speech that may as well have been delivered by the groom's worst enemy. Every single guy, just embarrassing nicknames and anecdotes, one after the other, just, Hey, Maddie! Fat Matt! <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Shark. See, we call him that because one time in elementary school, he shit his pants while he was fighting. Remember that? I know you do. <laughs> Anyways, I never thought you was going to get married. I swear to God, I never thought you'd be married. I always assumed you would have died years ago having sex with a cantaloupe in microwave. That's just what I thought was going to happen. What you said, be honest. I'm talking from the heart. Shut up, Fitzy. Let me finish. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know whether you got like a cage you keep this woman in at night. Or like some kind of financial arrangement that makes it difficult for her to flee you. But either way, bro, you logged it down. So congratulations, no homo, where the bridesmaids at. And that's every groomsman speech I've ever heard in my entire life. And every single time I'm just like, that's the best man. That guy's the best man you know. What are your other friends? Scarecrows full of bees? Thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Show, friend of mine, we love him here. Put your hands together. Let's hear right now for Eric Dodorian, guys. Give it up for Eric! Wow! Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ashante. Good evening. Oh my god. Oh, just need to catch up with uh, me for a second. I've been. I've been trying to do that lately. I've been listening to a lot of what I call MPR. It's me public radio. Um, no, it's very important, guys. It's very important. And, uh, yeah. Whew. 
You guys ready to bring this dude cruise to the dock? <laughs> so many fucking dudes said it. Last guy, I think I'm pretty sure I was the last guy, wasn't I? Am I Josh Condleman? Is he me? Are we ghosts? Are you my ghost or am I your ghost? I don't know. He's gonna come up here, baby. Let me kiss you. Come up here. Let's uh, yeah. Hey. Josh Condleman, everybody. Is my dad or my ghost? I don't know. Clint glasses, cool, sick, tight. Well, his shirt is peach. Mine's pink, so that's how you can tell us apart. <laughs> I'm just gonna stretch. Uh, I talked to my I talked to my mom today. She's like my best friend. Whatever. Uh, she. She can be kind of critical of, of my appearance sometimes. She goes, oh, Eric, you look like Al-Qaeda's graphic designer. <laughs> I do, huh? I was like, Mom, you're crazy, but look at you guys right now. I do, huh? I do, huh? Wow. And my nipples just got hella hard. That's weird. Is it Al-Qaeda or Mom or just me? I don't know. I'm not, okay, excuse you, I'm not Al-Qaeda's graphic designer, nor have I ever been. Uh, I was, I was ISIS's cinematographer for a little bit, for a short spell. I was ISIS's cinematographer. I had to do, I had to leave due to creative differences. On both ends. I didn't like their politics. They didn't like the way I was framing the shots. They said I was cutting all the heads off. I said, I'm the one? I'm the one cutting the heads off? Unbelievable, this town. Take it, fucking, I'm out of here. Call me a cab, I'm leaving Hollywood. You can keep it, ISIS. Dude Cruz coming in, I'm sick of being a dude. Oh my God, this is not about my breakup. Uh, I'm sick of being a fucking, I'm sick of being a dude. I'm sick of being the human version of a frozen pizza. I'm sick. This is not about my four-year breakup. Four years we lived together. It's not about my breakup. It's at all. At all. I don't. It's not about my sad little divorced dad apartment with my pictures of my stepcats on the wall. It's not about that at all. It's about me. This is about me. I forgot what I was talking about already. I got really sad just then. This is gonna be the one, man. This was gonna be the one. I was gonna put hella daughters in her. I was gonna put so many. Eleven. I shouldn't have named my unborn daughter. I, that, I think I jinxed it. I named all of them. Close your eyes. Picture me. Close your eyes. Picture me rolling to your punk ass son's little league baseball game, eleven daughters deep in a murdered out Prius. Imagine that. Imagine that. Now you know what Kanye feels like. Now you know what I feel like. <laughs> I went to the doctor today. I got a really bad diagnosis. He diagnosed me with phantom bang syndrome. <laughs> Don't laugh, guys. It's a disease. Oh, my God. It's a disease. I wake up every night, 4 o'clock in the morning, cold sweat, and I'm brushing phantom bangs out of my hair. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. That's also the name of my band. Phantom bangs. It's just me and my stepcats. I rap slash read poetry, and my cats play the theremin. <laughs> Podcast, baby. I'm doing a cat thing. I'm doing like a cat paw thing. 
Imagine a cat playing a theremin. They'd be fucking, they'd be like the Mozart. That's all they do is play fake ass theremins all day. Think about it. Shut up. I, speaking of podcasts, I'm so glad this is a podcast because there's just are not enough podcasts and it pisses me off. It does. I'm sorry to say this. To get political, I get really angry. There's not enough podcast. I am going to start a podcast. My podcast is going to be, okay. So you come over to my house. One o'clock afternoon, maybe. I make you a sandwich. And then you tell me everything you love about yourself. And then the whole time I'm doing laundry. And then right when you're done, then the laundry's done. And then, and then I just dump warm, fresh, clean laundry on top of you. And then I just kiss you on the forehead. And then we don't record any of it. And I'm just hella lonely. <laughs> Did I get the light? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna keep. I'll just keep talking. Do you guys want to hear about a duck that I saw? I saw a duck, dude. Changed my life. I'm talking about. I Josh talking about. We're the same person talking about feminism. I love feminism. I don't like. I do. I know that's a ridiculous statement to say from a guy, but I'm trying my best. Please don't judge me. I don't call myself a feminist because I like. I just feel like I could always be better at it. It's like. It's like. Me calling myself a feminist is like me ordering or going to get Little Caesars hot and ready and then telling people that I ate Italian. You know what I mean? But I say shit happens. I'm trying to be little. I think that's what, like, I think about male privilege all the time because I can. Um, (laughs) That's a good joke. Welcome aboard. Um, I forgot the next thing. I got all sassy that I forgot. Say, unbelievable! I'm such a fucking monster. I'm stupid, ugly, fat baby. I, sorry, I'm so hard on myself. I'm trying to be little. I think that's what dudes can do. Just be little. Stop fucking man spreading on the on the bus. Just be little. Listen, defer, and for God's sake, pee sitting, pee sitting down. Enough with the pee standing up. That is the epitome of male privilege. Is like, what, you fucking queen of England? You're going to pee standing up all the way from over there? You got this, bro? Shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. Unbelievable. I don't have time to talk about the duck. I saw a duck on a train, and I got so angry at it. I have t- so much testosterone. I'm so aggressive all the time, and I just want to be littler. I saw, and and it was, I was having, I had, it was a late night. I, was, I take the train everywhere. I was at Union Station, scary, late at night, 12.30, and I'm fucking pissed, I'm mad, I'm like all fucking bro about everything. And I walk, and I walk on the train, there's like all this like commotion, I'm like, what the fuck is this about? And then just like, like in the cinema, the people parted, and I saw this fucking white glowing duck in it, standing there in its own seat. And I was like, I was like, what? That was my initial reaction. That's when I, that's when I started being little because I was like, how dare I fucking see a duck on the train and make that shit about me, you know? Like, fuck you, man. Who the fuck do you think you are? Also, I, I've only seen like two auras in my life. I saw this motherfucking duck's aura. Silver. And then the craziest thing is that um, the duck got off the train in Chinatown. My name is Eric. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Guys, give it for Eric one more time. And how about keep it going for everybody you saw tonight, guys? That is our show. We're every Tuesday night. I'm Cameron Esposito. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
Camp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.